we have a very exciting teaching called detoxifying unbelief. Detoxifying unbelief or detoxing unbelief. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 9, story of Jesus and a person who brings a child to the disciples. Let's just read it. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. A dumb spirit doesn't mean an idiotic or moronic spirit. It means he's dumb. He can't speak. Deaf and dumb. So here's the dumb spirit in the boy. And he recognizes there's a spirit in his son that keeps him from being able to talk. My lovely wife, as she was crowned Miss Orange County, California, years ago, the first thing she did was go to a quadriplegic clinic. She brought the fireman, Fullerton fireman, out in Orange County, California. She brought her brother to play guitar. She brought roses for the girls, and they brought other things for the boys, and they wanted to honor these quadriplegic victims that had been in accidents and couldn't move anything from their neck down. She didn't go in with her crown and her sash as Miss Orange County, California, with cameras and video. None of that was allowed, nor would it be appropriate. She went because she cared for the children. And she went in and she did a ceremony. And her brother played the music and the firemen were there and they would put a rose on the female quadriplegic girl's shoulder to, to honor them and Joanna would crown them daughters of the king of heaven to help in their identity and encourage them. They would cry and God really moved. There was one girl that wasn't at the service and Joanna asked about her. She says, well, she's unable to come. She's in what we call quarantine. We have to monitor 24-7. So Joanna says, I want to go to her. So they said, well, okay. So she walked in and she looked and she saw the name on the wall. We'll just say Alice. And when she walked in, she saw the name on the placard outside. She brings in the nurses and the Fullerton Fire Department. And as she walks in, she says, Alice! And this girl with the trachea opens her eyes and the nurses go, <gasps> and Joanna doesn't know why the nurses went, <gasps> she continues, she does the story, the, the, she's a woman of valor, and the, she crowns her a daughter of the King of Heaven, and the fireman puts a rose on her shoulder and with a trachea and only able to move her head she says thank you and the nurses lose it they're crying the presence of god the glory is in there and what joanna didn't know was this alice had been non-responsive for five weeks but when joanna called her name her eyes opened up like lazarus come forth and when she crowned her a daughter of the King of Heaven and told her about who she really is, the diamond within, here's what happened. She had not spoken in five weeks, or she had been non-responsive in five weeks, but she hadn't spoken in five years. That's the power of the crown when used properly. Reveal the diamond within.com. Go to joinuspodcast.com. But I'm talking about a dumb spirit where you can't speak. When that identity came in, all demons are connected to a lie in your life. And all unbelief is belief in a lie. Woo. 
All demons have authority or license to remain in your life based upon sin or a lie that you or I believe. And all unbelief is belief in something other than the truth. And something other than the truth would be the opposite of the truth, which I think we could call a lie, right? So when we have unbelief, it's not that we need to get unbelief out as much as we need to get truth in and unbelief will be purged. Tonight we're talking about detoxing unbelief. Some people go on a fast or a juice fast or a Daniel fast and I think that's great and I've been on a number of fasts and I've been on 21 days and Joanna's been on 40 days and you know there's something that happens on those long fasts but you can start with 8 hours, 16 hours, 20 hours, whatever it is. Don't eat after 6 p.m. And then don't eat until noon the next day. 6 p.m. to noon the next day is really a 18-hour fast. And the next time, go from 6 p.m. till 6 p.m. Now you have a 24-hour fast under your belt. And you can detoxify things out of your body while fasting. It's actually healthy to fast. Intermittent fasting, people get stronger, their immune system strengthens, and their body is able to detox. Plus, it gives us discipline in the process. That being said, detoxing unbelief causes truth to come into us because we seek the Lord while he may be found. While we're not eating, we're studying the word. While we're not eating, we're praying. While we're not eating, we're not having to do other things that we do before and after, you know, brushing our teeth and all this other stuff for the most part. We're drinking water. We're detoxing our body, but we're also detoxing unbelief. Belief, because remember, all unbelief is really belief in a lie. And demons are allowed to remain. Like I can cast demons out of people all day long, but if they continue to believe a lie, the demons are waiting on the hood of their car after they leave the surface and say, well, that was kind of fun. That was a good exercise, you know. Got exercise. And we exercised demons. We took them out for some exercise. But they're on the hood of the car. Or they're waiting for them at home because they have a license because whatever lie a person believes gives license or permission for the enemy to remain and it's never old to see people's eyes widen when the truth of god's word comes forth and all of a sudden they realize they've been believing something other than the truth and when the truth comes their eyes brighten they're widened like, oh my gosh, it's like an aha moment. And suddenly they're like, oh, and then they get breakthrough. They get breakthrough. They get free. They get deliverance. And the word of God sets us free. Does that make sense? So yeah. today we're talking about detoxing unbelief. And you see that as Joanna went into that quadriplegic center, Alice, when she was told who she was, that dumb spirit that kept her from speaking broke out of her life when the truth of who she really was, the daughter of the king of heaven, that God loved her just the way she was but loved her way too much to leave her in her condition. And when a queen came in with the crown and the sash and the scepter and a rose and put a crown on Alice's head, the truth will set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. She got her voice back. You know, as a pandemic hit, the first thing the enemy tried to do was mask us. 
tried to shut us up. It was actually the Hebraic year of the open mouth. And during the year of the open mouth, the enemy tried to mask us, said we couldn't stand next to each other and sing, yet you can do things on the street without a mask and riot. Made no sense. I don't want to go there. I just want to highlight the power of the voice. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And if we speak life, life will come. You can have what you say in a lot of ways. And it's got to come from the heart. And we declare a thing and it's established for us. We need to get in alignment with God, hear what he's saying, repeat what he's saying, and it will release it in earth as it is in heaven. I just flew in from Houston. I was there for a few days. Prior to that, I was over at Oral Roberts University speaking at a technology conference uh, briefly over there on Web 3.0 and the metaverse. We're moving from physical church to the virtual church, and now we're transitioning into the meta church. It'll probably be a two, three billion soul harvest if we do it right on the cutting edge. There's three types of people, those that make things happen, those that watch things happen, and those that wonder what happened. So we get to be any of those three groups, those that make it happen, those that watch it happen, those that wonder what happened. During virtual churches, we moved into virtual church. When God gave me the vision in 2014 about virtual church, many people missed the day of visitation. They looked and they're like, you're like Noah, this virtual thing, it makes no sense to us. It hasn't rained, we don't understand. I said, God told me that the next move of God will happen in a lot of ways through the virtual church. You really need to get equipment, you need to get an online presence, you need to live stream this, and we don't understand that. We're too busy preaching the word of God, David. I said, well, get some tech people, get them saved, bring them into your ministry. I'm encouraging you to do it. They, they actually spurned me, and some of them tried to correct me. Because people either make things happen, watch things happen, or wonder what happened. Well, guess what? 2020 hit, pandemic hit. Guess who they were calling saying, David, we need you for consulting. This virtual church thing, we need that. They shut our churches down. Guess what? The meta church is coming next in Second Life. And you need to go check this out. Three years from now, everybody's going to go, well, yeah, everybody knows what the metaverse is. Everybody knows what the meta church is. Just like in 2014, they didn't know what the virtual church was. Everybody knows what it is now. Guess who got rich during the pandemic? Zoom became a very profitable company. They were ahead of the curve. Guess who historically is first to the table on prophetic changes? The world. Guess who was first on the scene when Jesus was born? The wise men. There were astrologers. They showed up and recognized him as the Messiah. And the Jews, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, thought he was Beelzebub, prince of the devils. It's interesting how we have a tendency with our unbelief, belief in a lie, that when something new comes and we don't have a new wineskin to receive it, we throw rocks at it. Oh, stay away from those iPhones. Stay away from the Apple and the Androids and this and that. They're of the devil. Oh, I can FaceTime with my granddaughter? Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I've got to get one of those. Isn't, am I telling the truth? Okay, so as we begin to transition, and by the way, virtual church is not in replacement of the physical church and gathering together. Tonight we're gathering with a small group, and then we're also doing the virtual church online. This will go out on social media. It will go out on YouTube. It will go out on my Vimeo channel. It will go into 
a SoundCloud account where people can have it on demand from the palm of their hand so that people can do two-a-days. They can study in the morning. They can also be on their break at work, take their 15-minute or 30-minute or lunch break. They can have an earpiece in and they can be getting the Word of God. And they're getting saturated with the Word of God because we have to detoxify ourselves or detox unbelief by filling ourselves with the Word of God. Okay, let's go back into this passage of Scripture because it's very interesting. We've touched on fasting, pushaways, detoxing unbelief, denying ourselves physical food so that we can be filled with spiritual food, that we might set our affections or emotions on things that are above, not on things that are beneath. We have to detox ourselves from political narratives and arguments and debates and we need to find out what God says on the matter and then declare a thing in the year of the open mouth renewed. And whatever we declare that lines up with God's word, heaven will back us. And one of the multitude answered and said, Mark 9, 17, Master, I have bought, brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. Verse 13, and whatsoever he, wherever it takes him, it tears him and he foams at the mouth and gnashes with his teeth and he's wasting away. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. So they brought a boy that was demonized who had epileptic seizures. And they brought him to the disciples that were given authority over scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. They were given authority to cast out demons. Yet they could not. How can you have the authority to do something from the Lord Jesus Christ and then not be able to do it. There has to be a short circuit or a disconnect. Remember, we're detoxing unbelief. And he answered and said unto him, O faithless, and answered and said to them, Well, let's get him some, uh, you know, some pharmaceuticals and let's put him over here in a counseling session and let's get him a macrobiotic diet and let's Google it and, and let's go ahead. He didn't say that, did he? He said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you or put up with you? Bring him unto me. Jesus was not, oh, let's get you enrolled in the 12-part course and get my CD series and watch enough of my YouTube videos. You know, you can... No, he just, you faithless generation. These are strong words from the master of the universe. These are red letters, by the way, that he signed with his own blood on the cross. And they brought him unto Jesus, and when he saw him, straightway the Spirit tore him. So when the Spirit saw Jesus, he reacted. See, sometimes the anointing in you will annoy the demons in other people. Sometimes the anointing in you will annoy the demons in other people. And if you don't have enough anointing in you to annoy some demons, ask the Lord to give it to you. Do some push-aways. I remember when I was incarcerated, I was about a year and a half old in Christ, and I was doing a lot of fasting and casting out a bunch of demons. I'd be walking to, like, to the yard to go play basketball or to go on the track to get some exercise, and all of a sudden somebody would just start cursing at me and start yelling at me. And I would look over, and the Lord would tell me what kind of demon it is, and the person would be like, walking away, 
What'd you do to him? I said, I don't even know him. Why is he yelling at you? I said, that's a demon. Oh, I, I, they wouldn't even believe me because they didn't have enough anointing to drive the demons to the surface. But if you have the anointing, it will annoy. Peter's shadow cast out demons, didn't it? Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons cast out demons and healed the sick. If a shadow will do it, and a handkerchief and an apron will do it, when you carry that presence, we get close enough to Jesus. See, miracles happen by being in proximity with Jesus. When Jesus is not manifestly present, you have limited healing, limited salvation, limited miracles. But when he's fully present in the moment, demons bow, healings happen naturally. I was in a breakfast, uh, I think yesterday morning, and there was somebody at the table afterwards, they talked about this problem they had in their knee, and I said, oh, can I just pray for you? So they said, yeah, and they had faith, and they leaned in, and they pushed their knee like toward my hand, and I said, oh, you're leaning in with faith, and I just said, I call forth a recreative miracle right now, and they're like, oh, and they, oh, it's gone, it's gone. Just that quick, you get healed when somebody who has faith. I prayed for somebody else right before them. And what's interesting is they didn't press in with faith and they were a pastor. And they got a touch from the Lord and they were walking around. The other one wasn't a pastor. He pressed in. I remember, I remember, touched him. I said, there he is. And the Lord said, blow on. I blew on his knee. Instantly he got a recreated miracle and he's completely fine today. He's all excited about it because of his hunger and thirst and belief. And the other one who's a pastor got a touch and got some relief, but he didn't get the miracle. I don't want to be harsh here, but I'm just, Jesus said, Oh, ye faithless generation. Have I called you a faithless generation? Then I'm more dialed down and calm and sedate than Jesus is. Jesus really was kind to those that were hurting. But to those that should know better, he was very direct to a preacher's job is to comfort the troubled and to trouble the comfortable. Amen. Comfort the troubled and trouble the comfortable. And he asked the father, oh, so he tore him up and the demon knocked him to the ground and wallowed uh, and foaming in his mouth. Verse 21, and Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child, and oftentimes it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, verse 23, if you can only believe, all things are possible to him that believes. He didn't put it on the Son. He put it on the Father. You know you have patriarchal and matriarchal authority over your children for miracles and healing until a certain age. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they'll not depart from it. And you want to teach your kids how to heal the sick and cast out devils and raise the dead, because God forbid you ever get sick or die early. Your kids are there, and they're already taught so they can use the name of Jesus in your behalf. Verse 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou deaf and 
dumb spirit. See, Jesus recognized it wasn't just a dumb spirit that kept him from talking. It was also a deaf spirit that kept him from hearing. I've seen a lot of situations where we pray for people that had deaf ears. And sometimes it's a recalibration that the Lord does on the anvil, the stirrup, and the hammer. Sometimes it's the hairs in the cochlea fluid. You have to command them to regenerate under the sound of your voice. Sometimes it's trauma that you have to break off. Sometimes it's nerve damage. Sometimes there needs to be a divine reconnection. I've seen in a vision where God reconnected something, like electricity came through my hands. They were instantly healed. And other times you're dealing with a demon of deafness. About one out of four healings in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, deal with an evil spirit, thou deaf and dumb spirit. This woman whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from thine infirmity. So it is biblical to deal with demons when you deal with sickness and healing. It is commonplace. And when they go out of a man, they go to dry, arid places seeking rest, and when they find none, they like to come back to the house from whence they came out of and see the person's house swept and garnished but they didn't put the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in there, and behold, that demon spirit says, I will return to the house from whence I came out of, and behold, I will take seven spirits more wicked than myself. And the latter state of that man will be far worse than the former. That's why when you pray for healing and miracles, it's important that you preach the Word of God, get people saved, get them filled with the Holy Spirit, and they get into the Word of God so that they remain free. People say, oh, you know, once a person's born again, they can't have demons. You can have anything you want after you're born again. You want porn, you can have it. You want drugs, you can have it. You can have alcohol, you can have it. If you want to be a fornicator or an adulterer, you can have it. You can cheat on your taxes. You can lie. You commit crimes. You can do anything you want after you're born again. And guess what comes with that? Other things. Amen or out? Oh, you faithless generation jesus said remember i sound harsh tonight but i'm not compared to jesus oh goodness straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears lord i believe help thou my unbelief and when jesus saw that the people came running together he rebuked the foul spirit saying unto him thou dumb and deaf spirit i charge you i command you come out of him and enter him no more you have to cast a demon out, and it's often wise to say, and do not return. You give that declaration in faith for it not to be able to come back. And the spirit cried out and rent him sore, came out violently, and came out of him. And the boy laid as one dead, insomuch that many said, he is dead. Jesus had a little bit of a controversial ministry, didn't he? And guess what? There are certain times when you'll have controversy in your ministry when you have the real anointing. Because the anointing is there to drive out that which is not the anointing. To comfort the troubled and to trouble the comfortable. But Jesus, unmoved, took the boy by the hand, lifted him up, and the boy arose. He was fine. And now he's free. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Remember, they were given authority over scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. They were given authority to cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. 
yet they couldn't cast him out. And Jesus said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, when I was a younger believer, I would read this and I'd think, you know, for me to get these demons out, sometimes I need to be in a state of fasting. I fast two, three days a week because I was dealing with a lot of demons in a prison setting. That Satanist, astral projecting into my cell, trying to grab me around. The, I mean, I had crazy stuff going on as a young believer. Didn't understand how to overcome a lot of the warfare, and the Lord was training me up. So I was constantly in a state of fasting. And I was a little bit weakened, you know, because of all the fasting I was doing. I thought I had to fast to cast demons out. That's not what this scripture says. It says, why could not we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. This kind of unbelief only comes out by prayer and fasting. Because all unbelief is belief in a lie. If you've been given authority over scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy, in the name of Jesus, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We don't have a healing problem. We don't have a deliverance anointing problem. We don't have a dead raising problem. We have an unbelief problem. Is this helpful at all? Is it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, you know, real quiet, but I guess it's not polite to speak when your mouth's full. Getting fed, but so somebody told me one time. So, why could we not cast him out? Because of your unbelief, this kind comes out by nothing but prayer and that seven letter word fasting. Psalm 78 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Have you ever limited God? Our God is without limitation. Sometimes my mind or my faith level limits what God can do based upon what I can see with my eyes. But you know God brings manna from the sky, quail out of the sky, water from the rock, he parts a Red Sea. He's so unlimited, he'll cause a little bit of oil when you begin to pour fills all the vessels supernaturally he'll turn water into wine he'll multiply fish and loaves from a boy's lunch but they limited the holy one of israel they remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy how he had brought forth his signs in egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. And he turned their rivers into blood and their floods that they could not drink. Psalm 78, 41. The Israelites in the wilderness, the children of Israel, he gave them the promise. I'm bringing you out from thence under slavery, under Pharaoh and bondage. I'm bringing you out of Egypt through the wilderness and into the land of promise that I have prepared for you. I brought you out that I might bring you in. Yet they died in the wilderness. Why? Because of their unbelief, they tempted God, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Tonight, or whenever you're listening or watching this, we're going to pray a prayer right now that God will just deliver us from unbelief and fill us with faith and truth. And by the way, there's unbelief in my life. There's things that I believe that are alive. Why? 
Because if I didn't believe a lie, more would be happening that's true. And that's probably true in your situation. So we grow from faith to faith, from grace to grace, and from glory to glory. We grow as he makes the path brighter and brighter. Have you ever walked into a room and the light was very dim and you looked across and it looked like there was, you know, maybe a, a purse on the table and as the lights got dimly turned up, you found out it wasn't a purse or a briefcase, but it was actually a flower pot and there was beautiful flowers on the inside. And there's certain things you can't see in low light and when it's turned up, it's completely different than when you thought it was. And when God turns up the light with his word, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path that we might see clearly. As he turns that up, things look starkly different than they did in a dim light. So Lord, we pray now that you would turn up the light that we might see things from heaven's perspective. We might see them by faith. We say, Lord, we believe, help thou our unbelief. We repent, we come out of agreement. We come out of agreement with unbelief, which is belief in a lie. We come out of agreement. We no longer partner with unbelief. Instead, we partner with you. And Jesus, we look at you, the sea walker, that causes us to walk above the circumstances and on the water, and we reject the vicissitudes of life, the winds and the waves of adversity that would be contrary to your word. And we stand believing. A friend of mine was doing a miracle crusade. He led about, I don't know, 1.8 million to Christ. And he had a miracle tent revivals, tremendously accurate prophet. Went on to be with the Lord. And he said that a woman came up for prayer and she had this big tumor on her face. It was a, it was a growth. And it was covering like part of her eye and she said uh, I want you to pray for me prophet so he prayed for her he cursed that thing at the root and commanded it to dry up and die and fall off of her for baby skin to appear underneath afresh and she started to jump and shout she says I receive it I'm healed I'm healed and everybody looked at her face and there was no difference and the next night she came to this seven day crusade tent revival there were several thousand people there she said i want to testify and so he brought her up to testify she had this big growth on her face she testified and thanked god how he healed her last night and everybody's looking at her like did she not look in the mirror <laughs> and she went home and she was telling her husband the lord healed me and this and that and he thought she was crazy and this went on for three nights and the Lord and the prophet said, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? He says, let her testify about what I've done for her. He says, you prayed for her. She believed she received when you prayed. And I've done the miracle. And he's like, Lord, we need some manifestation. It's getting a little bit embarrassing. He says, not to me. Lord said, not to me. On day three, she came back and she went to bed. And her husband, who was a drunk, looked at her and thought she was absolutely nuts. And she fell asleep. The next morning, she woke up, and that growth was in the pillow, and she had baby skin underneath. The husband came on day four with her, gave his life to Jesus because of the miracle. She had more faith than the prophet. She believed she heard from the Lord. She knew on the inside of her, and nothing 
in the natural was going to keep her from what she believed she received in the spirit. And her possessions lined up with her confession. She declared a thing. That thing dried up and died. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, they came back the next day and the fig tree that Jesus had cursed had withered up from the roots. It was a fruitless fig tree and Jesus cursed it. I thank God that we're fruitful fig trees and Jesus blesses us. Amen? Amen. God wants to shift us from the season of favor to the season of an open heaven where you can ask what you will and it will be given unto you. Lord, give me your favor. That's a great place to start because when you got born again, it was the favor of God. When I got born again, it was God's favor because God's favor is not fair. If it was fair, God would never have put Jesus on the cross in your favor and mine. Do you know you've got favor from the Lord because Jesus put God put Jesus on the cross in your favor? The heavenlies are always shifting in your behalf, moving circumstances in your behalf for opportunities, new ideas, to redeem the time where we've made mistakes. The favor of God will position you where nothing else can position you. Joseph had favor in the prison house. I had favor in the prison house. I still had to do 20 years, but God gave me favor, taught me through it, trained me up through it. There was great fruit through it. Now we have a prison ministry that does, you know, bonded leather-bound Bibles, and, you know, study Bibles and leather flex and some leather Bibles into the prisons in about 1,500 facilities last year. I think we did thousand Bibles to individual prisoners. We did some to chaplains that took him in. I just got a text message from a chaplain two days ago. He said the Bibles, the, the Bibles you sent, I think we sent him two or three hundred Bibles. We had to do high quality uh, thick paperbacks. They were about $25 a piece retail. We got them for about $5 a piece on a really great price. And we sent them to him and he hand delivered them in during COVID like the last couple of years. And he sent me back a text message that says, thank you so much for the Bibles that Heart of America Prison Ministries donated, David. We took them in when men were on lockdown during COVID. Because they had the word of God and they were bored in their cells, they began to search the scriptures. People had been praying for them. They started getting born again, sharing the word of God, Bible studies from cell to cell next to each other. He said, I hit the compound recently and when compound opened up for me to go back in, I did something on the yard. 200 of the 800 men in that prison gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Heart of America Prison Ministries helping change lives one Bible at a time. Somebody sent me a bonded leather bound Thompson Chain Study Bible, and as I began to read, the truth came in, and the lies got purged out, and I began to read the Word of God, and I just believed it with childlike faith. If it said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover, I went and did it, and God confirmed His Word. It wasn't until I got around Christians that they told me God didn't do that anymore. But it was too late. I was already ruined by the Holy Ghost to be spoiled by religion. They told me, David, you're just exuberant. You're a young believer. You'll calm down. You'll balance out. I've gotten worse. 
And I want to continue to get worse. Mm -hmm. I want to continue to believe God at an extravagant level. God wants to shift us from the season of favor to an open heaven where angels ascend and descend, like on Jacob's ladder, and where we ask what we will, and it will be given unto us just like that. And I'm not talking about these selfish type prayers where we want to make God a cosmic bellhop in the sky, but we want to agree with God that his kingdom might come, his will might be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's not about Lear just Corvettes at a house by the lake, getting all you can, canning all you get, and sitting on the can and singing blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, eating spiritual bonbons, waiting to win a lottery. No, 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 no. This is about going to do the work of the kingdom, bringing the king into the room with you by relationship. And when you walk in with him, people can feel the atmosphere shift. I was just in uh, Tomball. I went to a person's ministry. I was with a friend of mine on business, and I said, I think so-and-so's ministry is here. And he says, yeah, yeah. I said, have you ever been? He said, no. I said, I know them. I said, let's find out. I pulled up their ministry. Their dress was there. I hit the thing. Four minutes away on my smartphone. I said, let's go. We went. There was nobody there except some employees that had books, this and that. I walked in, and I said, Lord, why am I here? I bought my wife a little gift while I was there. And I looked over, and this minister's parents that have gone on to be with the Lord had a great healing ministry, great healing ministry. And as I walked over, there was this kind of honorary area where the parents' pictures were there in ministry, just in remembrance of the shoulders that we stand on in ministry as mantles are handed down from Jesus to the apostles all the way the last couple of thousand years. As I walked over, there was like this couch there, and I stepped in, and the atmosphere was just pregnant with the presence of God. I could feel it. I felt it in Reinhard Bunke's office when I went there. I felt it in Oral Roberts' office when I went there. I felt it in certain ministers' presence when I came into their presence at a service, and I could feel that radiating presence of God. There was an open heaven, this one area of this ministry. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to stand here for a minute. Because when you're in the presence of God, you want to stay when you're hungry. When you're not hungry for God, you want to get away. To one, it's the aroma of life unto life. It draws you in. To the other, it's the aroma of death unto death. It drives you away. The same fragrance of his knowledge is diffused in every place. To one, it's the aroma of life unto life. I want more of you. To the other, it's the aroma of death. And oh, I don't like that. I don't like that minister. There's something wrong. This and that. Because there's sin or unbelief where you're already filled with something else. But when you get into the atmosphere of God, you want to stay. And I stayed. And I breathed in that atmosphere. I said, Lord, what do you want to do? And I saw in the realm of the Spirit where this minister had gone on to with the Lord, I saw like a specific gift that he operated in commonly. I saw that the Lord was giving me an invitation to take it. This has happened on like three occasions in my life of 30 years. This was not like, you know, you just go grab stuff. But when the Lord, if you can perceive it, you can receive it. When deaf ears first started opening up, it was a mantle I'd gotten. And that next day, deaf ears just started opening up. 
and there's other things in history where the Lord gave me different things for the furtherance of his kingdom to bring glory unto him, to set the captives free, to plunder hell, to populate heaven, to impart. And all of a sudden, I felt it like drop out of heaven into my life. And I'll share this with you. I didn't want to like lay on the couch. You know, I wasn't under somebody else's ministry. And so I just kind of put my knee on the couch. And then I put my hand over on like the edge of the couch. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I receive. And then it happened. And I wasn't getting something from the couch or getting something from the picture or getting something from a man. I was getting something from the Lord that the man represented. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, some people, I, I've been to somebody's gravestone before and picked something up, not because I went there to pick something up from a dead person, but it was a memorial and a location where somebody was at. I didn't go there expecting it. It just happened while I was there. And the power of God fell. And as it fell, there was other people there and we had these keys and the Lord told me to start handing them around and we were putting them into the gravestone and it was a spiritual impartation. Now, do I recommend you go to grave? No, I don't recommend that. Okay, but God can do it anywhere. Jesus appeared to me in a prison cell. Do I recommend you go to a prison cell and wait on Jesus? No, but if you're there, God can use it, can he? Mm -hmm. Does that balance it out okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that kind of makes it a little real. Don't go get locked up to go see Jesus. <laughs> but if you get locked up, Jesus can show up, because he did for me in front of two other inmates. And the next day at breakfast, that man got that recreated miracle instantly. And there's a new level of faith that imparted to me at that location. I thought I was going there for one thing. God had something else for me. And the person that went, I went in with is in the marketplace. And God did something for him in business. And God did something for me for equipping for ministry. Wherever you go, look for what God is doing. Remember, we're shifting from a season of favor to a season of an open heaven because an open heaven causes things to ascend and descend on Jacob's ladder. You pray, angels ascend, go up into heaven and get it. They descend and they come back and get it in response to your prayers. In the outer courts of our Christianity, body, soul, spirit, outer courts, inner courts, holy of holies, 30, 60, 100 fold harvest, Egypt, wilderness, Canaan land, Milk in the outer courts, strong meat in the Holy of Holies, hamburger and fries in between. That's kind of a metaphor. Okay. You, can, you can laugh or just, you know. But in the outer courts, it's the word we cooperate with. When we don't know what else to do, we read the word and we're like, what do you say about this? As we're in the word, all of a sudden, the presence of God begins to descend. Now we begin to operate in the gifts of the spirit, tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or a scripture is quickened unto us, or prophetic word for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So now we're in the intercourse. We move out of the flesh. We move into the soulish realm. Word and spirit. Outer courts, word only. Intercourse, word, and the gifts of the spirit, the anointing. But then there comes a time where we're invited into the Holy of Holies. Ask, seek, knock. Outer courts, ask. Thanksgiving, intercourse, seek. Praise, holy of holies, not worship. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Outer courts, put on 
No, outer courts, allow yourself to have the mind of Christ. Allow this mind which is in you, within Christ to be in you. Inner courts, arm yourself, take action with this mind. Holy of holies, but you have the mind of Christ. Well, which is true? The answer is yes. Allow, arm, you have. Outer courts, inner courts, holy of holies. We have to allow this mind to be in us, which is also in Christ. Then we have to take action. Be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed through the renewing of your mind. Take action. And now you have the mind of Christ. Outer courts, receiver. Right? Outer courts, believer. Inner courts, receiver. Holy of holies, achiever. Outer courts, past tense. This is what God did for me back then. Inner courts, present tense. Let me tell you what God is doing. Holy of holies, future tense. Let me tell you what God showed me is coming. Which believer is right? All three. And what believer can you be? All three in a single day. In a single minute. But God wants us to live in the most holy place with him. And so you've got outer courts, word, inner courts, word, and the spirit with the gifts of the spirit. Holy of holies. You ready for this? The word, the spirit with the gifts, and angelic assistance. Angelic assistance will get you greater healings, miracles, quicker salvations. The glory will come in and it will be significantly different. When the angels show up, they bring provision for creative miracles. When we see dental miracles, it's because angels show up. The dental miracles happen when the angels show up. Recreative and creative miracles happen when the angels show up. But people can get healed in the outer courts with the Word. They can get healed with the gifts of the Spirit in the inner courts in the Word. And they get healed effortlessly in the Holy of Holies with the Word, the Spirit, and the glory realm with the angels. What's your address? Where do you live? With God? Do you live in the outer courts? You're in the will of God. Do you live in the inner courts? You're in the will of God. Do you live in the Holy of Holies? You're in the will of God. That's the triune will of God. He has one will, three compartments. Body, soul, spirit. Outer courts, inner courts, Holy of Holies. Where does unbelief get purged? in the process of moving into his presence where we become in proximity with him, relationship with him where we begin to work from him out of relationship instead of for him out of duty. The outer courts is obedient faith. He said it, we do it. The inner courts is experimental faith. Peter, Jesus, if that's you, let me come out on the water him to come. Jesus experimented based upon what Jesus did. And he saw. Holy of holies, commanding faith. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk, Peter said. And he took the man by his hand and pulled him up and immediately strength came into his ankle bones and he began to walk and leap and praise God. And the same Peter who messed up with obedient faith, only throwing one net out instead of two, and they had a great drought of fish. And he realized he was a sinful man, and Jesus called him into ministry. 
became impetuous Peter that stepped out on the water based upon the word of Jesus. The other 11 remained in the boat, safe Christianity. Don't ever make any mistakes. Impetuous Peter got out and experimented and learned from his mistake. He denied Christ three times, cut off a centurion's ear. But who's preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost? Impetuous Peter, because he grew from faith to faith and grace to grace and glory to glory. You want to know what happened with Peter? They crucified him. The same one that denied him said, I won't deny him. Church history, some of it records, whether it's true or not, we don't know. But he said, I'm not worthy to die like my master. I'm willing, but I'm not even worthy to die like him. Crucified him upside down. Outer courts, obedient faith. If you find it in the word, God says it, I believe it. You just begin to do it. And God will teach you. Experimental faith. Lord, I saw this minister do that, or I saw this, or I heard this. I want permission to do that. If he says do it, you step out and you do it. If you mess up and you sink, he's right there to pick you up and put you back in the boat with the other 11 that aren't getting out. And then you'll have commanding faith. Silver and gold have I none. Be healed. Spirit, dumbness, come out. I command the food to multiply. Out of relationship, you have commanding faith. What you can get away with in the outer courts will get you killed in the most holy place. And what you can get away with under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the glory realm in the Holy of Holies with demons will punish them. But once you've operated in that, you don't want to live in the outer courts. They'll come after you. Salvation is free. The anointing will cost you everything. Are you willing to pay the price and detox unbelief? Because all unbelief is belief and a lie. Today, God's calling us higher through the revelation for one door where a man opened a door in heaven. A man, door was opened in heaven, and the man says, Come up hither. You're being called up into the door of revelation. This is not a message of condemnation, but a provocation to provoke you up higher because you wouldn't be hearing this message today unless God was calling you to be free from unbelief, detox unbelief, because all unbelief is belief in a lie. Preacher's job is to comfort the troubled. Hopefully you've been comforted tonight if you're troubled. And hopefully if you've been comfortable tonight, you've been troubled, and if you've been troubled tonight, you've been comfortable, comforted. Let's pray. And my love, do you have anything that comes up in your spirit? Um, Don't have um, to answer right away. If you get it, just blow with it. I'll speak it out. Yeah. My wife has so much good revelation that comes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we repent for limiting you. For saying what you can and cannot do. Lord, we repent for trusting a doctor first and you second. We trust you first. And if you tell us to go to a doctor, we say, Lord, we'll go. But we come to Dr. Jesus. And if we are called to go to a doctor by you sent, we go willingly. And Lord, as we get healed through that process, we thank God for the doctor, but we look for the great physician to heal. Only you can heal, Lord. The doctor may cut, but you're the one that heals. The doctor may prescribe, but you're the one that heals. 
And Lord, we come out of agreement with faith in anything other than you and what you have sent us to go do. Lord, help us not to miss our days of visitation when they come. And we also ask, Lord, that you would redeem the time for the days are evil. Lord, we pray that you would give us another opportunity to pray for the sick, to heal the sick, to minister your love, to give into this or that that you've directed us to when we missed our opportunity. Pray that you would open the heavens that we could do and obey whatever you told us to do. We ask for a fresh outpouring of dreams and visions in the night as deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their bed, that you would open their ears and seal their instructions to turn us from wrongdoing, to preserve our soul from going down to the pit or perishing by the sword. We pray that you would wake us morning by morning with a song in our ear. You would speak in our ear and say, here's the way, walk ye in it. That you would give us the tongue of the learned that we might know how to speak a word unto him or who is weary to bring refreshing. We thank you for songs in the night. That when we wake, we have our spirits set and our feet hit the floor and we're refreshed where we bring the Holy of Holies that we visited with you in the middle of the night. As our feet hit the ground, the glory of God begins to spill out into the house, into our devotion time, our shower time, our dressing time, our drive time, our time going to work, our time there, and our time coming home in lockstep with you. For your yoke is easy and your burden is light and your presence goes with us wherever we go because we ask for you to come with us. We invite you in. And Lord, if there's any areas that you want to deal with tonight, we believe, Lord, helped our unbelief by purging it out of us. And those stubborn spirits that have not come out, pray that now, Lord, as we do pushaways, the physical food that you might fill us with spiritual food, we thank you for increasing our faith level that our faith level is above the issue level and it simply plucks out instantly in accordance with your word that every plant that's not been planted by our Heavenly Father should be rooted up by the power of your Holy Spirit in accordance with Matthew 15, 13. I curse cancers. I curse cataracts right now. I curse fungus. I curse parasites in the name of Jesus. I curse spike proteins in the name of Jesus. I command everything that's not in alignment with God's will for your life to come out right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for releasing your angels of ministry, your angels of provision, your angels of deliverance and healing and miracles, recreative miracles and creative miracles. We thank you for the shalom peace of God now falling, 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 the resting presence of the Lord, the kabod of God, come forth to root up, to pull down, to overthrow, to destroy. I speak deliverance and healing and a clarity to hear 
the voice of the Lord. Hear the voice of the Lord. Miracles. gift comes down from above from the Father of life in whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. He changes not. He's good all the time. We thank you for this open heaven moving us from the season of favor into the season of the open heaven. If you can see it, you can perceive it, you can receive it and take it as yours and steward it right now. God giving books. Just reach up and grab the scribe's pen. Reach up, accept it, put it in your heart, and it will begin to bubble forth. And you'll have the tongue of the you'll have the tongue or the pen of the ready writer. You will speak those things that you have received as touching the king. Just take the scribe's pen for the books. You might write what God has given you for such a time as this. It downloads from heaven. Music as well. I see artists. I see a, a paintbrush. I see digital art and creativity. Just perceive it. If you can perceive it, you can receive it. It's customized between you and Jesus. Customized. He's equipping you, wrapping you in his DNA, wrapping you in his gifting so you can fulfill your God-given assignment in the earth that his kingdom might come and his will might be done in your earthen vessel through you. God's doing something with eyes right now, healing eyes. We're in that season where God's physically healing eyes as well as spiritual. It's not one or the other. Both are available. There's reconciliations among family members and people that have been divided, like Abraham and Lot went opposite directions. Demas has departed. Paul, God, Mark, and they, they, they separated. There's a 
returning. There's a time and a season for everything under the sun, a time to break and a time to heal, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. This is a time where there's going to be reconciliation in relationships. And God's going to make it stronger than before as there's been changes in both parties that caused the rift. Now it's fixed and now you can puzzle peace in the Lord for kingdom purposes and that your joy might be made complete. I call forth prodigal sons and daughters right now in this atmosphere and the angels are literally going out to go do the work. We thank you for Releasing, Lord, your presence. We release and declare your presence on the pillows of the prodigals and the automobiles of the prodigals. For those that are homeless prodigals, we release your presence into their homeless state that they might have a home right here and now with you and you might restore them and put them back in a home with a testimony. In Jesus' mighty name, I see somebody with an archer gift. I don't know what that means, but God's going to cause you to hit the bullseye. Where you weren't able to before, you're going to begin to hit the bullseye. You're no longer going to miss the mark because of unbelief coming out and belief coming in. You suddenly are not looking at missing. You suddenly can't imagine doing anything but hitting the mark. Joanna has something. Thank you. So right now I speak to inflammation. Anyone that has inflammation anywhere in your body, we speak to that inflammation. And we release the healing of the Lord to the root of that inflammation, whether it's your stomach, your thyroid, your limbs, whatever it is right now, we speak healing. And I just see the Lord's I just see like this liquid that's just coming through your body right now and God is healing you at the core root of this inflammation, any inflammation of the heart right now or any wow, part. Yes, we speak healing. We thank you, Lord, for washing it out right now and healing in the name of Jesus. Wow. That miracle is here right now. You just grab it from heaven. You just pull it down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. By faith, even if you needed like a new part, like a body part, just reach up as an act of faith. Remember, God warranties his vehicle. He made you. If you had a car and needed a new body, a new part for the car, you'd go to the dealership and you'd say, I need a new part. They could either fix it or give you a new one. God wants to fix it or give you a brand new one. Just reach up and say, I need one. And just put it in. Just put it in. God's also healing digestive tracts, esophagus. I curse and I command esophageal cancer to dry up and to die right now. I reach up and Lord, we thank you for giving new esophagus to that individual. Cancer in the jaws or like some in the cheek in this area by the ear. I curse you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, even as Jesus cursed the fig tree, cancer, I curse you in the name of Jesus, and I command you to dry up and to die. I curse the seed and the offspring of this cancer. Go from her, go from him, go from this child, and go from this generation, and do not return. I speak 
for baby skin and fresh organs and fresh tissue and fresh membrane to come alive. Right now, just swing for the fences. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel. Swing for the fences. Go for the big miracles. What do you have to lose? What if God doesn't do it? What if he does? You've got a testimony. Brag on God. He's bigger than anything you could think of. He raised the four-day dead body of Lazarus from the grave and gave him back to Mary and Martha. He's a good God. That woman who had the child who was dead, he touched the casket at Nain and the little boy rose up. My father was raised from the dead in front of my wife and I at age 90 and in front of my mother. And he lived six more years. Swing for the fences. Swing for the fences. Hank Aaron had 714 home runs. He struck out a lot of times. But he swung for the fences. You never swing for the fence, the ball never goes there. Aim for the sun. If you hit the moon, you did pretty good. You don't aim at anything, you don't hit anything. Before my father was died in front of us at 90 and then we was raised from the dead. We prayed for him. Bam, he came up, he died a second time. My wife prayed, bam, he came up the second time, died the third time, prayed the third time, he rose up. Three months later, he was diving 10-meter tower, winning gold medals again. Tom Harabedian. TomHarabedian.com, if you don't believe me. Fast I believe. Do I have something? Um, right now, Lord, I pray for our friend who has been having a financial struggle. Yeah, yeah. And I just see the breakthrough. Breakthrough. So this, uh, tonight's message is no uh, accident because the Lord wants you to go deeper now and to step into those wells of faith and detox that doubt and disbelief so father right now we stand in agreement with our friend who needs that breakthrough they've been contending for that breakthrough so now we push the veils of heaven we push those vials over we tip them over in agreement with prayer right now for that breakthrough for finances financial breakthrough in the name of jesus we thank you lord for your angels your breakthrough angels going forth now from the north the east and the south and the west to bring that financial breakthrough in the name of jesus i have not seen nor ear heard neither has entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for those that love him first corinthians 2 9 verse 10 but but God has revealed them That's right. unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. I has not seen nor ear heard nor heart perceived the things which God has prepared for those that love Him. He loves you and He's prepared things. But He has revealed them to us by His Spirit. You can perceive it, you can receive it. Now unto Him, Ephesians 3, 20 who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to his power That's right. that worketh in us as his children, sons and daughters of God. Lord, show us something 
exceedingly, abundantly above that which we can ask or think. Show it to us because you've revealed it to us by, us, by your spirit, even though I has not seen nor ear heard nor heart perceived the things which God has prepared for those which love him, but you have revealed them to us by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. And as we close, we declare and call those things which be not as though they are, that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. Prodigal, come home. Yes, yes. Um, if you've been having stomach problems, I want you to lay hands on your belly right now. Just put your hands there, and, you, and I'm going to speak to the healing to that place right now. So, Lord, we speak healing to that place. I command the balls of stress to melt out of your belly right now in the name of Jesus. I command every imbalance to be corrected now and every issue to be uncreated in the name of Jesus. There you go. I thank you now. We rebuke the spirit of malaise and infirmity. We command it to go and do not come back in the name of Jesus. We speak to the structure and the intestines and the lining, and I command all inflammation to come out of your intestines right now. Any ulcers, we speak to the ulcers, and we command them to suture up right now in the we blood galvanize. of Jesus. We galvanize Yes, them. Lord. We speak healing to them. And the cochlea, in the, not the cochlea, but the, what do they call the hairs in the stomach? The flora. Yeah, the flora. We speak to the flora. We command the flora to be restored in your stomach regenerate. right now. Regenerate, regenerate. in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for laying hands right now on their bellies. In the name of Jesus, we command all that inflammation to go and leave your body right now. In Jesus' name. Headaches go. Migraines go. Migraines Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Problem in the hip, go, 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 go. Begin to move it around. Get up and do something that you hadn't done before. We don't have to call it out for you to get it. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. He loves you. And he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think according to his power that works in us, in you. You're well able with him. God plus one is a majority. Oh, here's a word. For those that have been bullied, God's going to bully the bully. Amen. He's about to bully your bully. We release God to bully the bully until he repents or she repents. Father, I thank you for bullying Jezebel. Jesus' name. And setting your daughter right. free. Setting your son free. Lord, I thank you. We call on your name. We serve the God who answers by fire. Wow. Just say, Lord, we call upon the God who answers by fire. How long will we be hauled or stuck between two opinions? If God be God, serve Him. If Baal be God, then serve Him. But we're not going to be stuck between two opinions, between unbelief and belief. We're leaning in now. Help thou our unbelief by purging it. We choose not to limit you. We lean in to the God who answers by fire. We don't serve a little jalapeno God. We serve the God of fire. 
call on you, Lord. There it is. I see him doing something right now with a clock. Deals with time. He's aligning your time. center there. We call it in in this atmosphere. We thank you for sending forth the angels to go out and to speak to the people to participate as you would direct to meet that need so we can go win those souls and that nation from that ministry center to give us a facility that releases stability to go release ability. Facility, stability, ability to go win those 2.1 million in those 55 villages yes, that Lord. haven't heard the gospel. We have the team, Lord. We thank you for the facility and the funding and the finances to come in in the next 72 hours. We declare this thing. Thank for those, you, Lord, you want to reward with an eternal harvest in that area. Thank you for speaking to them individually what they're to do. Thank you, Lord. You know, just a couple of months ago, 10,000 came to Christ in Ethelie Village, where 20,000 had come to Christ. The year before, building that ministry center there as well. Yeah. Going to go win those 55 villages. Thank you, Jesus. Virtualchurchmedia.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. Share your testimonials. Info at virtualchurchmedia.com. Send us a testimony. Prayer at virtualchurchmedia.com. Prayer request. I'm David. This is my lovely wife. Where are the Herbedians? We will see you again. Be comforted if you've been troubled. And Lord, we thank you for troubling us out of our comfort. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. See you soon. See you later.